hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on it so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com drink. That's rosettastone.com drink. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocDoc. ZocDoc is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc. And the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc dot com slash drink. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I like your scrunchie. Thank you. Very 90s of you. I keep trying and I feel like people keep looking at it and being like, what is her problem? But You're ahead of the curve because the 90s are coming back coming back i feel like they are and i so i was like wow this is an excuse for me to wear a scrunchie yeah anyway point being i'm really fashionable and if you don't believe me you're wearing my t-shirt right now by the way (laughs) (laughs) all right um you don't need to tell everyone visually what's happening you know every time i see you wearing that though i do think damn that's a good shirt i'm kind of pissed i gave that to you but then i'm like yeah i wouldn't wear it let's just do like a sole custody thing between our clothes say we really i feel like we kind of do that i think so too I really do like that shirt. I do think we should consider a custody battle. Uh, I, listen, maybe not a battle, maybe like a handshake. We don't need to battle. We can definitely argue civilly. And not even argue. I'll just say, I don't want these, do you? And then you say yes. And then six months later, say, I don't want this, do you want it? And I'll oh, say yes. so weird how that's actually what's happening. It's like joint custody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like what you no keep... No lawyers. No lawyers. And it's like what you keep trying to propose with Gio and that I keep rejecting. No, because what I'm proposing with Gio is that you never have him again. I oh, just have him you have soul custody. Soul custody. I got it. Okay. Yeah. All of a sudden, I understand like why like divorced parents sure. like, go through that struggle. Yeah. It's pretty much like what my parents did. Oh, good. Yeah. Which, which time? Just mm-hmm. the one? Like all of them. I don't know. Yeah. Same here. Ask Renata. <laughs> She'll tell you. <laughs> oh, dad, are you there? Hi. Um, <laughs> good times. Uh, yeah, so I don't think it's actually really fair of you to put the shirt through through 
such emotional turbulence because it's still growing and it's maturing and it's trying to... Yeah, but he sees that we still love and respect each other. Oh, he? Yeah. Are you gendering your shirt? I just kind of wanted to... I just got that vibe. Okay. That's fine. It was... I didn't, like, see a penis on the shirt or something and assume it was a boy. Mm. I, like, just got a vibe. Okay. That's fine. Did the shirt tell you otherwise? (laughs) No, I just want to make you feel like I'm winning this argument. Oh, okay. (laughs) And I'm not because it's your shirt. (laughs) But you did give it to me. I did give it to you. Anyway, guys, uh, it's your last chance to come to our California show. I think it might be the only one. It is the only one with uh, tickets left. Right. The one on Father's Day is still happening, but it's sold out. But if you want a chance with us, this is the last time. And a couple of people have emailed about the June show and I feel really bad, but we don't have any tickets left. So please come to Irvine. It's not far from LA. Um, and this show, it has a huge number of tickets left. And if you guys buy tickets, it determines whether or not we can come. I posted about, I was like, Oh, this show determines whether or not we can like go to certain cities. And people are like, come to Boston and Florida. And I'm like, like, that's the exact point we're trying to make. That's all we want. We want to do that. Everyone's like, I can't come, but come to Oregon. And it's like, look, this this is the ter- the determining factor if we can go to Oregon. So <laughs> all we want. You fly here and come to the show, and then we'll fly to Oregon it's and happily, do another show. Happily. And by the way, it's our birthday show. So we're going to be living it up. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> living it up in Irvine. And we really want you guys to be there. So please come. Um, tickets are available if you check our website. And that's why we drink.com and hit tour. Our, our tickets are linked there. Um, our first show. We had our first show ever. We did have our it first show. It was so show. good, Em. I thought it was good. We did real good. Well, first of all, we got a lot of cool presents. We did. Oh, I think their names were Paige and Jade. Yeah, Paige and Jade. And they gave us a, a Ouija board pillow. Yeah, I meant to bring that up on the couch. We should post a photo of that later. Christine had a good time. <laughs> um, Here's the thing. They had a cool thing where they would just refill my wine glass whenever it got to a certain point. So in the middle of the show... <laughs> My wine got to a certain point and this man just runs up on stage and pours more wine and everyone started cheering. And I was like, I've peaked. I've a hundred percent peaked. This is, I can't get any better. So anyway, Christine took full advantage of the wine always being full. I did. And I, by the way, do you realize you literally just left me in the street? Excuse me? Oh yeah. But I yelled out at the window. Mm, I didn't hear it. Well, I banged on the window. <laughs> I didn't hear it. Well, Blaze was yelling that the, the Uber was there. I was saying goodbye to someone and then I turned around and literally your entire family got an Uber. Wait. And then drove off. But your car was still there. I didn't know where my car was and I, we got, <gasps> yeah. That's... You were far away, weren't we? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. And I didn't remember where we parked because it had been so many you hours. You should me. I don't know if I you're like going to answer. Oh, no. You're waiting till live live performance to bring this up. This is great. Um, this is really great. I just remember turning around and be like, where's the car? And you are gone. And I was like, oh, no. I'm All the- I heard was, bye, Christine. And I was like, bye. And I was banging on the window. <laughs> it was like one in the morning in the city streets. And Allison had, was like six gin and tonics in. And she was like, where are we? By the way, it was Sunday night. So we all had to work in the morning. Um, Allison was a trooper. She took six she was gin so and tonics. proud of you she had six gin and tonics and she had a triple tequila oh i know and somehow still woke up and went to work yeah i don't know day. how that happened i was like you're doing way better than me and i've only had a bottle of wine oh the point i wanted to make though was there was another couple of girls who came with shirts one was team wine and one oh, was team my milkshake God, the photo is incredible and then on the front of the shirts it said you're doing amazing sweetie like the, the <laughs> chris jenner <laughs> <laughs> also oh. someone brought us uh brought you a teddy bear yeah my poo bear my winnie the poo and the thing i wanted to say about the comic book is the girl i think her name was erica mm-hmm. 
Um, th- I was trying to tell you, but you were having too much fun. And so I told Alex to tell you later when you sobered up. Well, he didn't. He was also not the sober. The editor, the person who gave that to us is the editor <gasps> of the comic book. Oh, I didn't know that. And if you look at the first page, it says like editor and then her name. I thought you were going to say it says M and Christine. Here's like, the yes. thing. It's a true crime paranormal comic no. book. And it's DC. It's like legitimate comic. Holy shit. It's paranormal and true crime and the main character uses they them pronouns. No, that's yes. amazing. And so she gave us both a copy of the comic book. <gasps> god yeah that's incredible so we got a whole lot of stuff well, thank you erica and uh oh also like zach galifianakis opened for us oh, no fine. big deal uh he just like had a piano on stage and the people the manager there was like um should i remove the piano and we were like i mean i guess you can leave it that's not what happened <laughs> they were like oh zach used the piano and we were like oh fucking uh, who's zach zach, zach baggins <laughs> no zach galifianakis thank you very much also we found out the venue we were in was crazy haunted like actually like actually really haunted to a point where like they tell you if you're an employee there do not be in there you're alone. not allowed and then the one time the the she was the gm of the right. whole venue she was telling us that the one time she was in there by herself she ended up having to call the cops because she swore like a like a group of 10 men she broke into the house were and were throwing in. furniture around and uh she didn't know that our podcast was paranormal true crime she asked us to explain it and we did and she like freaked out her was face. like this place is so haunted she's like you don't even know and then yeah. she was like okay bye and left us in this creepy ass green room <laughs> and i was like Word. that by the way is absolutely haunted for sure she goes oh i see shadow people all the time okay bye and i was like hold on <laughs> but it was pretty cool i also want to say that this episode is dedicated to hannah daniels um who's a patreon donor who's been around for a long time i think since september okay um and this is actually a special episode do you know why should i know why yeah um it's really special it's episode 69 oh my god (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i can't stand you i love me um so you're welcome hannah for that yeah you really stuck it out this whole time just for she's like now i she's like i'm done that's that's my hint to leave also what's the day that this comes out may 27th okay and then the next episode's on your birthday so next week is my birthday guys so And then the day after is mine, which won't get any recognition because it's the day after. But still, same weekend. But I will say, I've, and I've been like absolutely throwing like all dignity to the wind. But if you want to send me a birthday oh present. Oh my God. Or Christina birthday present. Yeah, we like, will, or Christina, I guess. Well, her birthday is the next day, as you know, because you're loyal fans. If you want us to open your presents once a month, we're now doing our gift True, opening. We are so doing videos. If you want to see us. Oh. Sorry. And she just cracked open the box. Sorry. Wow, she's like ripping its whole spine out. I turned into like a velociraptor. You really just tore that apart like your life depended on it. I mean, it does. You were saying? <laughs> there was like a science and an anger all at the same time. My mom, my mama taught me well. Wait, here's the best part. Christine, stop peeing. <sighs> it sounds like I'm peeing. Sorry, continue. What was I saying? You were saying send me a birthday gift. Oh, yeah. Because we are doing our monthly gift opening. So if you want to see us react to an awesome present, it will be in the June video, I assume, right? Yeah. M just wants a birthday present. I just want birthday presents so bad. Um, M? Yeah. Here's the thing. I have some news for you. Do you have any other news before I give you this bombshell? Is it a good bombshell or a bad bombshell? It's a good bombshell. Um, it's a neutral bombshell. It's not neutral. Yeah, it's like not good or bad. It's like a dud. No, it's a bombshell because it's like changing perspectives, but it's not good or bad. What the hell? Um, I guess no. I don't have anything. Okay, I have some news about Juniper. 
my new kitten. So uh, Blaze right, took yeah. her to the vet the other day. And it turns out she is a she's he. Pregnant? Oh, she's pregnant. She's like seven weeks old. I didn't. I mean, listen, you said bombshell. She's a he. She's a he. Juniper no. is a boy. <laughs> surprise. I made everyone say he, she downstairs to, to not give away the surprise. Oh, wow. Well, so Blaze took her to the vet and they were like, <laughs> so these are testicles. <laughs> and Blaze is like, oh. uh, I work in a hospital. <laughs> Blaze texts me like, uh, if my Ivy League education serves me right, that means she was born a he. And I was like, oh, so we've been misgendering Juniper this entire time. Or properly gendering her. I guess. But So do we do we call Juniper they? Uh I was What thinking, do we do? Well, cuz now since I just well, we thought Juniper was a girl and so I always said she, but now I found out that he has testicles and was born a boy, so I'm like, "All right, I guess it's a he now, but I'm not changing his name right. from Juniper. His name is Juniper. Junie. Okay. Junie boy. Now, instead of Junie girl, I said Junie boy. Okay. And call him Gia's little brother. But anyway, that's all. <laughs> so, surprise. Wow. Gender reveal party. Okay. Like how your first instinct is always to go, whatever, someone's pregnant. Whatever it is, is pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> it's an infant. Oh, it's pregnant. Yep. Um, okay. So, I'm wrong about the pregnant thing again. One day I'm going to nail it, though. One day I'm... I'm never going to let you nail it. I'm just going to, I'm going to surprise you so good. No, I hope I, I don't want to be pregnant. Oh, I take it back. Okay. But Juniper could. No, now, Juniper's not going to be pregnant because Juniper's could get someone pregnant. No, nope, well. because Juniper is a young cat. Strapping lad. Strapping lad who will probably impregnate a stray cat. Wow. So he's getting neutered soon and he's a boy. Uh, well, until further notice. Mm-hmm. Until he realizes that gender is a construct and reminds us that he means nothing, well, really. Well, my mom goes, well, you bought him all those pink collars. And I was like, that's because gender is a construct. My mom's like, is. you thought <laughs> that Juniper was a girl when you that's bought those. That's going to be our defense now. Gender is a construct. <laughs> Always. I'm like, Juniper loves pink. <laughs> <laughs> he told me. He is a boy who loves pink, okay? And my mom's like, you didn't know that he was a boy. And I was like, Shh, He mean. loves pink and also doesn't know what boy or girl means, you, but agrees nope. to both. He's our baby. He's a baby. He's our little baby. Oh, sweet little baby boy. Little baby boy girl. Girl them. Okay. Hey, what's up? Tell me a story. By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant cushions with easy assembly and disassembly this is the perfect thing for your outdoor space they also just launched a new standing desk co-pilot with adjustable height a durable scratch resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever i'm in the market for a new desk um, so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark and of course there's burrow's legacy seating collections like the nomad and range now available in new colors and m and i that's like the only piece of furniture i think we actually share is our burrow sofa in the podcast department love that thing and that's why we drink listeners 
listeners can get 15% off their first order at burrow.com slash drink. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash drink for 15% off. Burrow.com slash drink. Shopping for humans is hard, but shopping for your dog is easy thanks to Bark. Every month, they deliver toys and treats just for your pup because they deserve to be spoiled. At Bark, they send your dog a whole new collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. Whether it's their fun plush toys from BarkBox or their ultra-tough toys from Super Chewer, they give your dog exactly what they want. And for a limited time, they'll double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com drink. That's right, you can sign up now at BarkBox.com drink for this exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's go back to petting our dogs. Um, I'm not going to tell you a ghost story. What? And I'm not going to tell you an alien story. I'm going like, I'm going old. Is this another Dante's Inferno literature story? That was fun. No, but you are going to learn. So I guess in that realm, yeah. Oh, God. Thank God I have wine. Um, I will say, I think I'm doing like a hard throwback because if I were to give this a category, I would call it Eerie in Theory. Oh, do you guys know that reference? If you don't, you're not a true fan. (laughs) All right. So here's here's a little Eerie in Theory story for you. I'm ready. It's going to sound like a murder. It's not. I did not steal anything from you. So before I hear any guff. Oh, God, I'm going get, to get mad. Am I? It, 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 it's, not a, it's not a true crime. Okay. This is the case of the Cinder Woman. What? Cinderella? Well. The original. You have the German the right fairy idea. tale? <laughs> no, but I should do a whole story on that one day. That's a good one. Um, This, for those who do not know the... The code name, which is Cinder Woman. What? It is a generalized educational lecture from me about spontaneous human combustion. <gasps> Shut the fuck up! Oh my god, I'm so excited. Yeah? Dude. Theory and theory, is that like not the perfect? Perfection. Yep. You know, dude, that's fucked up. Their first episode was on spontaneous human combustion. Yeah? It was so good. Oh, shit. No, it was a long time ago. It was like over a year ago. Oh, good. So you don't remember anything, correct? No, I don't. I remember nothing. But also, like, mm, I'm just nervous now that they definitely probably said a lot more. No, I don't. No, 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 no. Okay. I'm ready. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to read you several stories of spontaneous human combustion. Then at the end, I'm going to tell you one specific case and then the science behind it. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. Let's start at the very... The conception of combustion. Let's. This is the earliest on record uh, story. It started in the 1600s in Milan. And there was a knight named Polonus. And he was quoted that he had consumed two ladles of strong wine, which, by the way, doesn't even hold a candle. Two ladles? Come on. But back then, like... uh, (laughs) What's his name? Patronus? Polonus. Whatever. Uh... He had two ladles of strong wine, felt nauseous, began vomiting fire. Oh, my. And then caught on fire. (laughs) Shit. From his own vomit fire. I mean, if you're going to vomit fire, what do you expect? So that's the first story ever of a spontaneous combustion of, like, he vomited fire. After some strong wine. Also, this is from the 1600s. I feel like in the game of telephone, maybe this isn't what happened. Are you sure? Maybe. I feel like everything was pretty accurate from back then. The also also another story that claims to be the first account is in 1663 in Paris, mm-hmm. where a guy named Thomas described how a woman went up in ashes and smoke. 
Oh my. While she was sleeping and the straw mattress on which she slept on was untouched by the <gasps> fire. Oh no. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ten years later in 1873, also in France, a guy named Jonas published an entire collection of spontaneous human combustion cases in his work <gasps> called Oh boy. Something in Latin. French. Oh, Latin. Yep. Oh, fun. Go say figure. it. Say it. Say it. <laughs> Cornelia. Okay. <laughs> And un pectora es un puella nomine Cornelia. Um, the work is called De Incendis Corporis Humani Spontaneous. <laughs> Which, I mean, sounds a lot like... I was going to say, it sounds pretty much like English. Sounds like human combustion. So that was in 1673. But also he wrote multiple... That's crazy, though. He wrote a collection of cases. That means I'm missing a whole lot of stories. And he didn't have the fucking internet. He was and that was in 16... Yeah, where is he hearing all these from in 1673? I mean, he's either making them up. Not going to blame him, but he's either making them up or well, he's... Well, clearly, if he didn't have the internet and knew a collection of cases before 1673, and I have the internet and could only find two, <laughs> I mean, who's the who's better at he their stuff? clearly didn't read Puella Cornelia is Pictorial. He did not read Eke Romani. No, you didn't if you couldn't find all oh, these stories. Oh, yes, you're you telling gotta, the truth. You gotta get on it. So in 1731, so we're skipping 100 years. Sure. In London, there was a countess um, who was found by her maid, and in her bed she was reduced to ash. <gasps> No. With just three fingers and her <gasps> lower legs left intact. You know. I don't even say how you feel about disembodied feet because I need to let you know now. A lot of disembodied no, feet are coming you into have this. the disembodied feet. I have the torsos. Well. I don't like anything. Hang on. Stop it. Just as. Em, no, I don't want it. <laughs> I see your fucking glint in your eyes and I don't like it. Every story involves either a disembodied foot or a torso. What? So it's like this our. Is, I, <laughs> This our is, downfall is our nightmare. This is our fucking. This is the end of the podcast. Oh no! Goodbye. The beginning or the end, depending on how you feel. Alpha and Omega. <laughs> Alpha and Omega of ATWW. Eke Romane. Eke Romane. <laughs> so okay, so she all that was left were three fingers and her lower legs left intact, and the walls were coated with a greasy and oh. stinky moisture. Oh my god! The grease had settled on the window panes, and the furniture was covered in a moist moist <gasps> soot that's disgusting the fire was localized to only her body and the bed she was sleeping in was untouched that is bonkers six but years the walls that were covered yeah wow six years later in 1737 a husband almost went to jail for setting his wife on fire but then after looking at the evidence he was found innocent due to a potential case of spontaneous human combustion oh my where was that uh, I don't know. It was in 1737, so somewhere on Earth at that time. Well, let's just say Europe. Sure. G generally. But also, can you imagine if you could just get away with that of like, ooh, thank God they caught her on spontaneous human combustion. I don't have I to mean, worry. That's not... I feel like you could probably just throw that out there back. I mean, there were like witches and stuff. You could be like, she's a witch. She just caught on fire. Also in 1737, there was... Like, what evidence did you have? That's exactly it. Um, in 1853, Charles Dickens wrote a book called Bleak House, which involved an alcoholic who drank too much gin, felt his stomach getting warmer than usual, and he burst into flames from the inside out. Oh, that's cute. So in that story, a lot of people were pissed at Charles Dickens and criticized him for promoting spontaneous human combustion. And he was quoted saying in response... There are at least 30 cases so far on record that spontaneous human combustion exists. 
So 30. Again, I clearly am not getting all the facts because I've only read like six stories and well, there's 30. How much Charles Dickens have you read? That's the real question. You know, Moby Dick did have a weird ending when I read it. You read you read the entirety of Moby Dick? No. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. It caught, the whale caught on fire. Yep. Oh, the blubber. That's what's on the walls. Yes, the blubber. Okay, hold on. Oh. So Charles Dickens is like... So wait, people so were mad... He wrote a book and people were pissed that he even like alluded to the idea that that was possible. Oh, I thought you meant like they were pissed that he promoted it as if like, yeah, like smoking go, is cool. <laughs> so <go> spontaneous. <laughs> Can you imagine if he did like a like a viral ad of like, <laughs> do you like combusting? So do I. Listen, Dare would be all over that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Charles Dickens and uh, what's his name? Detective McGruff or whatever. <laughs> Yes. Oh my God. Okay. Got it. Got it. So he was, they were just like, that's not real. And he's like, um, sorry, I'm a published author. You're not. Yeah. 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 Okay. Exactly. Got it. Got it. Got so it. So then a year later in the United Kingdom, a woman's body was found partially destroyed within only two hours. And beneath the body, there was a mat so combustible. This gets gross. Mm. The mat was so combustible only because the melted human fat <gasps> had seeped onto it. And ignited the entire thing on fire. That, holy. Which, okay. Moving Cute. forward. Gross, gross, gross. Night, we're in the 1900s now. In 1938 in London, there was a 22-year-old named Phyllis whose dress suddenly caught on fire when she was going down the stairs at a dance. <gasps> Phyllis. It was lit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you, write, did you write that in your notes? No, I actually just thought that on I my own. I know you didn't, but I just like to think that it was bolded. In there your... have been a few times where I wrote a joke. And then bolded it on my notes. And then... I did that too. Did you really? And it was very obvious that it was written down. And then you were like, Christine, that's not funny. Remember the time at our first actual live show in Nashville when you were like, wow, I we flew here. My arms are so tired. And I was disgusted with you. Nobody thought it was funny. My mom was like, I don't get it. And I was like, okay... <laughs> That's the funny part. That's the funny part. If my mom goes, I don't get it, that's funny. And then let me guess, did she say English isn't my first language? No, I said it as an excuse to her. She's like, you can't use that against me. (laughs) So in 1953 in South Carolina, a guy named Wayman, who was 50, was found crisped black. Okay. In the front seat of his closed car, (gasps) plastic fittings had melted and the windshield glass had bubbled. Oh my God. But... All the fire damage was confined to the front seat. Oh, my God. The gasoline tank was intact and there was no cause of a fire found. Yeah, the gas. Wait, 1953. Holy shit. He literally just blew up in the front seat of his car and the rest of his car was untouched except for the windshield. That is insane. In 1964 in Pennsylvania, a woman named Helen, who was 51, was babysitting her granddaughter. The neighbors saw fire in their window, called Uh the cops and found her remains. (gasps) And the, ba- the baby was like a baby baby. Like, the baby okay. didn't, like, set so it on fire. <laughs> that was not my question, but oh, good. Glad. Like, Chauncey. I'm on fire. You know how, like, in The Sims, you just oh, fucking combust? I was like, what is that noise? Oh, oh, yes. In The Sims, when you're like, excuse me, I'm on fire. And, the, and you're like. <laughs> and then you, like, gargle. <laughs> you're like, I'm sorry. I'm really busy feeding the gerbil, the house gerbil. But I'll get back to you in, like, three it's days. like, I'm really busy being unemployed. <laughs> And, like, taking the ladder out of the pool. Like, forgetting to get the newspaper, and then suddenly there's trash heaps everywhere. Yeah, and then you, like, there's, like, the little angry, like, <laughs> cloud over his head that he's mad. And then there's suddenly an RIP grave, and you're like, whoops, forgot to <laughs> stop your fire on your body. Oh, my God. Anyway, in 1964, Helen was babysitting her baby, her grandbaby. She's a grandma. Okay. And she, okay, so the neighbor who found, 
fire in the window, called the cops, went up to find her, found her remains. Oh. Her upper torso was ash. Total ash. Gross. Her left arm was burned right down to the bone. Oh, my God. So that the bracelet was seen on a wrist, on a bone, like a <gasps> wrist bone. No. Also, so it burned the entire body, but your bracelet's still intact on the bone? Hello, if it's platinum, baby. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all that was left of her were her legs from the knee down. <gasps> and when examined, she had two blisters that were broken on her leg. I'm going to throw up. And the fluid in the blisters did not come out. However, they were wet, which for some reason in forensics means that she was alive at the time of the fire. And what the fuck? Her pack of cigarettes next to her was undamaged, meaning she definitely didn't like smoke a cigarette and set herself on fire. Yeah. Because they felt like, oh, maybe she like... I mean, it's amazing that the baby survived that, too. Like, such a big fire to burn your entire fucking body. Well, your entire body, but not the entire room, because the sheets that she were lying on were white and spotless. What? With no accelerants in the house. So she was bedridden. And so she, like, wasn't getting around to, like, some people thought maybe it was, like, a suicide attempt. But she, (gasps) like, her cigarettes were untouched. Her lighter was untouched. So it's not like she got up and... Did yeah, it's something. not like she got up. And also, if she did, like, the bed should be on fire as well. Sure. Science, Science al- alone should have explained it. <laughs> and so, um, uh, the time, like, the start of the fire and the arrival of the firemen was only 20 minutes in between. Oh, my God. So, she was a normal person babysitting her grandchild, and then in 20 minutes was made of ash. That's... And the average human takes seven hours to burn. Horrifying. So, they called the firefighters... The neighbors called. The neighbors. Okay, okay. Um, and the baby's just, like, chilling? Yep. Oh, my God. Um, and it's reported, like, the final verdict that the FBI did was that, like, they said that she was a heavy smoker with careless smoking habits, and they could tell by the cigarette burns that were already in her bathrobe from previous times that she, like, dropped ashes on her bathrobe. But these cigarettes were untouched and, like, still had the cellophane on them, so it's not like she, like... Like, cigarettes couldn't be the reason. But there wasn't another cigarette she had from, like, another... Vinciani. Oh, okay. But, um, I mean, either way, it doesn't make sense. So, in 1966 in Pennsylvania, a guy named John Bentley, who was 92, a neighbor saw fire and called for help and smelled something sweet and burning coming from his house. Oh, no. Which is interesting, because humans apparently also taste sweet. sweet. Yeah. Um, so, the neighbor... I have a burning human in my story. That's fun. <laughs> That's fun. Cute. Uh... The neighbor went in and saw smoke and only John's remains, oh. plus a brown but not charred lower leg. What? Still in a slipper. <gasps> Disembodied feet for M. And it rested next to a hole burnt through the linoleum floor. Oh, so this time the floor burned too. Yep. But and not so, his leg. But not his leg. What? So the coroner said... This fire was thoroughly investigated, and I'm left with the conclusion that this fits into the category of spontaneous human combustion. What? The coroner said the that? The professional coroner Jesus. of 25 years. That's crazy. And then he said, for which there is no adequate explanation. Apparently, the fire started on Dr. Bentley for no reason at all, and it's estimated to have burned at 25,000, 2,500 degrees Fahrenheit. Holy um, which apparently is a common element of supposed cases of human combustion. Like <gasps> exactly that um, temperature is at which you start burning. Which is crazy because like a, if you set a person on like a body uh, on fire, it's not going to. For the record, a crematorium yeah. goes at 3000. It's only 500 so, degrees holy more. Holy shit. 
literally your your body that's, is as hot as a cr- as a crematorium that's insane um so what they think happened is that maybe he dropped ashes from his pipe onto his robe his robe caught on fire so he ran to the bathroom to like rinse it um which ignited flames through the linoleum because linoleum is super flammable okay and they think he might have also kept matches in his robe pocket. So once his robe was oh, on fire, the matches caught on fire. Not smart. And then like the whole th- like he just completely blew up. Okay, that's what they're guessing happened, but like they don't have any actual right. Evidence. Sure. Um. <clears throat> so then in 1967, there was a homeless man named Robert Bailey, mm-hmm. and he was found burning in an apartment. First responders reported that a blue flame was being forcefully protruded out of his stomach oh like there was a giant slit in his stomach and fire was coming from within him. oh my god um the fire department extinguished it by forcing a hose into his abdominal oh, cavity um what the fuck there were no external means of ignition where his body was found and he was a non-smoker <gasps> so they think that they know he was an alcoholic so they think because he was homeless he was drinking it's called denatured yeah alcohol yeah it's because like it was super, free it's like wood alcohol basically and um one theory is that the alcohol in his gut somehow like ignited with something else he put in his system and it was just not able to be yeah oh my god in 1974 in georgia there was a guy named jack who fell asleep in his camper and woke up to his arms and back being covered in burns (gasps) and but but the clothes he was wearing did not have burns and his whole camper did not have burns so his skin had it but not his clothes just his body like he took his shirt off and there was a hole (gasps) burning through his chest so he's one of the only people survived jack in 1974 he's one of the only people who survived spontaneous human combustion oh my god he looked around and saw that there was no other evidence of fire near him and he the doctor said that the burns appeared to originate from his left arm and then move to the rest of his body oh my god that being said later he ended up changing his tune and saying that it happened when he went to go uh fix his water heater pressure and it sprayed on him and so he got third degree burns all over his body oh well that's very different but then he also changed his story later to say i didn't want to say anything but it's actually it was paranormal what so who the (laughs) hell knows with this guy what's the name george jack jack in georgia though oh okay he was in georgia god damn it jack so in 1980 a guy named henry thomas was 73 and he was sitting in his chair and somehow caught on fire near the top of his body and burnt to death so only his legs below the knee stayed no um no 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 so what was left of his legs still had clothes and socks and trousers (gasps) on them and the theory is that he somehow managed to set his hair on fire and then sit down without noticing and then just burnt oh his God. whole body. He's like, ah, da, 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 da. but like, also, can you like, that doesn't make sense. Like, no, that's just no the sense. best guess that FBI had. But they were like, if you caught your body on fucking fire, you would put it out. You wouldn't just like sit there and let it burn you alive. until it got to your knees. And then you went, oh, man. Yeah, oh, my whoops. Crossword puzzle is getting singed <laughs> by the fire in my something smells like burning hair dies. So in 1982 in London, a girl named Jeannie, who was 61, she was sitting at a table with her dad when her torso suddenly caught on fire. <laughs> no, wait, she was 61? She was 61. Her dad was 82. Oh, you said a girl. That's why I was confused. Oh, I mean, we're all girls and boys, really, and in-betweens. Yeah, okay. I mean, it doesn't matter. Age is just a number. Gender is just a construct. Did you forget? I did. So, Jeannie, the 61-year-old girl, girl. Um, was with her 82-year-old boy, boy. dad, <laughs> and... Uh, 
when her torso suddenly caught on fire. The dad says that she was sitting like he thought he saw a spark and looked over and saw her already on fire. And she was just sitting there with her hands in her lap, unaware of what was going on. Yeah, I'm not into that. I also don't believe it. I call bullshit. If your stomach just explodes and you're just going to sit there. That seems highly unlikely. He apparently yanked her over the sink to try and put her out and ended up getting third degree burns on his hands in the process. And Jeannie suffered full thickness burns on her face, hands, and abdomen, which means that the flesh was burned down to the subcutaneous fat. Oh, God. Subcutaneous? Subcutaneous fat. I don't know. Blaze? Blaze? Are you um, there? Hello? Apparently, she lapsed into a Hello? coma. Fresh. Thank you. She lapsed into a coma and died eight <gasps> days later. No! Um, Jeannie? But she just literally... She is one of the only cases where in front of someone's eyes, she just exploded. That's, that's wild. Um, and then in 1986 in New York, there was a guy named George who had a lung illness and was bedridden, and his son went to go check on him. And Blaze is here. I said it. Subcutaneous. Ugh. I said it right, right? Yeah. Vomitous. Where is subcutaneous? Oh, all, literally all the way down. Ugh. Vomitous. Blaze heard subcutaneous and came running. Yeah. <laughs> you had Thank like you. a little uh, radar out, huh? That's what You're I like, do. I heard something medical. I love rashes. <laughs> I love rashes. <laughs> It's not a rash. Do you like third degree burns? Because that's what we're about over here right now. Sure. We're, yeah. we're talking. What are your thoughts on spontaneous human combustion? It's a pretty good way to go out. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Instant. Sounds quick. It's a good way to go. Blaze has decided it's a good way to go. <laughs> I feel like he's probably wrong, but Blaze decided that he's going to go through via spontaneous human combustion. <laughs> spontaneous, but also decidedly so. Probably when he's in. And ni- when he's 93 and like i'm choosing something spontaneous yes and you'll never know i'll when plan for it actually christine will be playing chess when we're 93 and i'll go up in flames blaze will be the only person who dies from planned human combustion <laughs> <clears throat> classic blaze so anyway um george was had a lung illness and was bedridden his son went to go check on him and they found his ashes and holy shit from the fire department They said, I've never seen anything like this. The man just disintegrated. You can see the V shape of the body in the bed where the body burned away. Oh my God. All that was left was his lower right leg down from the kneecap and a piece of his skull cap. (gasps) The house itself was unburned except a greasy coating covered every surface. Gross. Which is what happened back in the 1600s. Right. So for hundreds of years, the same thing is happening. Oh my God. Um, the water had evaporated from the toilet (gasps) and the tub was ringed with soot as if someone had gone in the bath after swimming in black paint. Like it was just disgusting. And the water in the toilet was evaporated. That's weird. Here's the weird part. When investigators opened the fridge, not only the butter, but the plastic butter dish itself had melted. (gasps) Inside the fridge? And the fridge did not melt. What? So the fridge that is cooling things on the inside... If the fridge is not melted, how are things that are colder on the inside melting? And what is happening? Also, an unopened package of hot dogs apparently boiled within its wrapping. Gross. And and also cool, but also gross. <laughs> and there were no accelerants found. And the ironic part of all of this is two things, actually. George, who was found in a pile of ashes in his bed. Right. Was a firefighter. No. And a week prior, he was watching an episode of The Twilight Zone with a friend and said, 
nothing weird like that ever happens to me. I wish it would. M. Stop it. You really just upset me because that's what I say every time I watch the Twilight Zone. <laughs> well, now yeah. we're going to find out that your hot dogs boil in a fridge all by themselves. Super don't want to get caught on fire. The two most recent cases that were taken seriously about spontaneous human combustion were within the last eight years. In 2010, oh my God. a 76-year-old named Michael was found burnt to death in his home. The fire hadn't spread anywhere. No accelerants were found. And the couch he was sitting on was totally fine. His body was just sitting in a pile of ash. What the fuck? In 2013, in India, a nine-year-old infant... <gasps> no, a nine-year-old infant. Nine-day-old. Sorry. <laughs> I, even I was like, how the fuck? No, it says, it says nine-day-old. I just said nine. Nine-year. Okay, so in 2013 in India, a nine-day-old infant was admitted to the hospital for burns that his mother claimed were caused by spontaneous human combustion. His mother claimed that her son uh, had spontaneously ignited on fire three other times in the last nine days that he'd been alive. What? And one time his feet supposedly caught on fire while he was in the bathtub. So, like, (gasps) surrounded by water and he was still catching on fire. Oh, my God. Because people don't believe in spontaneous combustion, and I'm not saying this was a bad choice, but Child Protective Services took the baby away, assuming that the mother had Munchausen by proxy. Sure, okay. And was burning her own child. I mean, I would so not say that's a bad idea. No, I don't think so either. Right. So, those are all of the stories that I could find, and then here's the main one that we're going to talk about, which is the case of the Cinder Woman. Okay, this is what I'm. Uh, this is what I'm here for. In 1951, Saint Petersburg, Florida. 1951. 1951. Got it. So it starts with a woman named Mary, who is our ultimate victim. Oh no. Mary had a son that she was hanging out with the night before, so she was last seen at like nine or ten at night the night before, and then she went to bed. But she went to bed sleeping in her... She had, like, basically a lazy boy couch. Okay. Um, or a lazy boy chair. Like a recliner. Like a, like a recliner, yeah. And she slept in that because she had a bum leg and she wanted to, like, stretch her leg out. Mm. And that was the last time anyone saw her. Oh, God. Um, she was also wearing highly flammable clothing, apparently. Crocs. <laughs> Maybe. I'm painting a picture here. Oh, yeah. Just imagine flammable Crocs on a Lazy Boy. I bet you they're real flammable, though. I probably are. Yeah. So, 5 a.m. the next morning, the landlord that Mary at Mary's apartment, mm-hmm. her name is Pansy Carpenter. What a name. Pansy smelled smoke and oh. assumed it was the water pump, so she went downstairs and turned it off and went back to bed. Okay. Um, I guess they'd been having trouble with the water pump at that point, and so she just assumed that you turn it off. Yeah. Three hours later, Pansy Carpenter was awakened by a telegraph boy at her door. Oh, my. I miss telegraphs. Me, too. I never have had one in my whole life. I mean, I know that. Um, so a telegraph came for Mary. And so she, Mrs. Carpenter, grabbed the telegraph and went upstairs to go knock on her door. Noticed that the door was really hot. Like, the oh, doorknob was really hot. God. And tried to open the door but couldn't. And so she got two construction guys from downstairs to help her. And they forced the door open. And there was a blast of heat that came from the room. And evidence that there was potentially a fire from within. Oh, shit. They found Mary's ashes sitting in the chair that she was last seen in. Oh, my God. With one slippered foot. Oh, my God. That had no signs of charring. Oh, my God. So just like the How leg just fell over. 
Just like stop. Can you imagine how traumatizing that is to open the door and see that? I would stop being a landlord immediately. I thought we were gonna say you'd stop being alive. I'm like, me too. Oh, oh whoops. <laughs> um, they also found her liver. Oh, gr- are you kidding me? Which was now fused to a lump of vertebrae. Oh my god, gross. And her skull fully intact except shrunk to the size of a teacup. What? What? Plastic household objects near the chair had softened and lost shape as if they were pre-melting. Oh, my God. And apparently it actually requires three to four hours of temperatures of 3,000 degrees for a body to officially be cremated. So, like, (gasps) the fact that, like, that one girl, it was, like, 2,500 degrees in her stomach for 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Versus four hours of 3,000 degrees. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, The whole... So, in theory... If she were to have been cremated by sitting there for four hours with 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit in that room, the whole apartment would have burnt down. Yeah. Um, But it's suspected that Mary is just a victim of spontaneous human combustion because they have no proof that that was the case. And I feel like if a room is 3,000 degrees for four hours, someone next door would have noticed. Like, you know how you have that annoying fucking neighbor who's like too loud? You would be like, um, yeah. the room is literally 3,000 degrees over there, and I can feel it through my fucking wall. I'm like, my upstairs neighbor is playing a trumpet at 9 p.m. Yeah. Um, if his room was 3,000 degrees, I to would To my left, fucking... there's a screaming baby, and to my right, the it's on fire. I would notice. I would, too. Uh, wow. Okay. So, um, it was suspected that she was a victim of spontaneous human combustion oh my god it's like a um whatchamacallit song a school a school uh around what should we move on no i got it (laughs) what is it a schoolhouse rock song oh yeah no i love spontaneous human combustion oh i bet that is that not a song it should be i'm saying it sounded like you were really going for it's it it's like conjunction junction but it's combustion uh, junction wow that's what's really... your function burning up ladies in their <laughs> lazy boy recliners <laughs> um so there were proof that it also like wasn't like a random fire that happened there were other certain anomalies that remained within the house including a pile of newspapers right next to where her body was were completely untorched oh my but like a newspaper right next to something on fire would absolutely set at on fire at 3000 degrees at 3000 degrees also the only portion of the apartment that was burned was the corner that she was sitting in and the chair was now only made of its coil springs the entire oh. chair itself had burnt gross and the remainder of the apartment showed all signs of heat damage, including walls that were covered with the greasy soot. Mm. A mirror had cracked because the heat was so intense. And plastic switches and outlets had melted, including two candles on her dresser. And the two candles, for fun fact, the wicks had never been lit. They were brand new candles and they were totally burnt away. So in case someone says like, oh, maybe she lit a candle and something happened. I can't get over the shrunken skull. Are we going to talk about that again? Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, there was no damage on the lower part of the room after four feet. So up to like four feet of a room, everything on the ground was untouched. What? But four feet and up towards the ceiling was that greasy soot crap. But like basically oh like an God. exact level line throughout the entire house. Nothing was touched. Nothing was touched. Um, the only thing that was touched was that corner where the chair was. And there was a plastic wall outlet that had melted 
and it stopped her clock at exactly 4.20 a.m. So they assume that that's when the clock stopped working. Right. Which it means it's the estimated time of when the fire started happening. Whoa. Um, so they assume it was around 4.20, which was about 45 minutes before Ms. Carpenter mm-hmm. smelt something and went to go turn the water heater off. So it would make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, the FBI tested a carpet sample for gasoline and other excel- um, accelerants, and there wasn't any. And the... Um, one of the fire investigators, uh, who had been with the team for like 30 years said of the skull, the head is not ever left complete in burning cases, but it also does not shrivel or reduce in size in the presence of heat sufficient to destroy soft tissues like this one. The skull should literally have exploded into many pieces. (gasps) There is no exception to this rule. So not only is it totally intact, but it also should have never shriveled. It should be in a million pieces. What? Then he also says of all the fire deaths that he's ever seen, because he's a fire investigator, Mm -hmm. I cannot conceive of such complete cremation without more burning of the apartment. As in, like, why the fuck isn't the entire place on fire? Yeah. He said, in fact, the apartment and everything in it should have been consumed. I regard this as the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Were we living in the Middle Ages, I would mutter something about black magic. Whoa. And that's from a professional 30-year fire investigator. In the modern day. In the 50s, at least. Well, sure. More modern than the 1600s. 17, yeah, you're right. So the chief of the team sent boxes of evidence to a lab in D.C. for chemical analysis. And it was like a portion of the rug, some of the ash and pieces of the chair. And with the evidence, they even wrote a note saying, we request we request any information or theories that could possibly explain how a human body could be so destroyed with the fire that was confined to such a small area and did such little damage to the structure of the building or furniture in the room that did not even scorch or get damaged by smoke. Oh, my God. Like, they said, we can't think of anything. Please tell us how on earth this could have happened to a human and not damage the rest. So the official police report is that Mary, uh, it cited that it was a cigarette that caused the death, which ignited her highly flammable nightgown and burnt the sleeping woman to ash. Oh, my. Even though there are, there's no evidence of any accelerants, there were no um, evidence of her cigarettes, um, and also like the FBI even said unofficially, it's not that we believe that that's what actually happened, but we had to put out an official report so that a burial could take place oh. and to close the investigation. So even they don't believe it. They just needed to say something. They're not even saying like, yep, that's what we believe. And they're not even hiding that they don't believe it. There's like, what? we needed to release something. The fuck? Um, so the main details that really confused people, as you can probably guess, were the complete destruction of only the victim's torso, mm. um, the localized nature of the fire, and the victim's apparent lack of ability to escape or call for help. Oh, my God. One of the theories about the, the skull is that it wasn't actually a shrunken skull. It was actually a charred knot of muscle from the back and neck that turned into a hard ball, and it was mistaken for bone. <gasps> what? But it is assumed... At the very least, that the victim was destroyed pretty instantly and that the fire must have started within the body. What? And that, that leads insanity. me to the science of the spontaneous tell human me, combustion. Tell me everything. I'm so curious. So, what is spontaneous human combustion, you ask? What if by now I was like, I don't understand. <laughs> Please tell me what it is. It is described as alleged cases of the burning of a living human body without an apparent external source of ignition. You forgot to say, 
Merriam-Webster defines. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Google defines. <laughs> um, so there are supposedly at least 200 official cases within the last 300 years, and most cases involve a lack of thorough investigation or heavily or heavily rely on hearsay. So that's like, sure. even though there's 200 cases, at least half of them, like, probably aren't spontaneous well, human combustion. especially since some of them were 300 years ago. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> like, even, like, experts say, like, even if I believe in human combustion, most of them are just because sure. someone said they saw something. Makes sense. Um, the consistent pattern between all the victims is that they are usually inside their home, there is a sweet, smoky smell in the room. Mm-mm. Their extremities are often intact. And the room around the person shows little or no signs of fire aside from greasy residue on the walls. Oh, my God. So. And and I'm almost done. In 1995, there was a book called A Blaze. I really wish Blaze walked in right now. <laughs> Just give it a second. Um, nope. It was called A Blaze. The mysterious fires of spontaneous human combustion so blaze was place would love that he would literally ironically burn the book (laughs) um so it was written by a guy named something arnold i don't remember his first name okay this guy sounds like a fucking quack Uh uh-oh but he's the only one who's written like lengthy cases and like tried to figure out the theories of like what causes human combustion i mean his name is something arnold he also um like it even describes him as someone who has like a passion for like mechanical engineering and shit like that but he's a bus driver like he's actually a bus driver oh so like all of his stuff is like his best guess hold on he has a passion for yeah science like i have a passion for like quantum physics but at the same time (laughs) let me write a book about it yeah 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 Oh, my God. So he says that these cases have no natural explanation. However, if he were to try to think of something, he would say that extreme stress causes the trigger. Oh, then I'm screwed. He's like, okay, well, then why am I not on fire for the last 20 years? (laughs) Or he says that you could have preternatural combustibility, where apparently his theory is that a body's cells could just reach a heightened susceptibility to be ignited by an outside spark mm. i mean i guess with that infant child like <laughs> yeah but uh, apparently he thinks like your cells just decide one day oh i'm more flammable than normal and i mean then your whole body just catches on fire he doesn't have an interest in science so i don't know why we don't believe him oh wait it gets better oh good he created his own subatomic particle i'm sorry hold on he did what <laughs> he decided that there's a subatomic particle called pyrotrons hold on and pyrotrons ignite when they collide with body tissues he just decided that that's what happens and then you combust he also thought that other theories might be ignition of methane gas inside the intestines or just a nerve malfunction that produces a large electrical current it's like your nerves can just whoops just like turn on a fire what so those are all of his theories pyrotrons here's the thing about all three of those pyrotrons don't exist Methane in human intestines has no ignition source and also can't burn without oxygen. Okay. And the human nervous system cannot produce a voltage high enough to literally just set like you on fire. a 3,000 degree fire. Um, also, humans are two-thirds water, so we're pretty resistant to burning. Fair. Especially from the inside out. Right. <clears throat> right, 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 right. However, there is actually a medical condition called Stevens-Johnson syndrome. 
Oh. Which can be mistaken for spontaneous human combustion because it's a skin disease that comes from a toxic reaction to medications that causes burns and blisters. What? So there have been people with that and thought, oh my God, I'm catching on fire. Fair point. Um, anyway, so the FBI's uh, best thought on like what happened to Mary... They do know that she had been recently taking new sleeping pills. Oh. And so they assume that, like, one of their big things was how could she not just escape or get away or, like, try to pet out the fire. Sure. They assume that she was either already dead from maybe overdosing Overdose. on sleeping pills or she was just drugged on the sleeping pills so well that she slept through catching on fire. Holy shit. Which, those are some good fucking sleeping uh, pills. Seriously. So um, her, their main theory is that Mary fell unconscious in the middle of smoking a cigarette. Okay. And set her own night nightgown on fire, which was made of like rayon acetate Polyester, or something, yeah. something really flammable. 50s. Um, yeah. And so uh, she probably took a cigarette, was sitting on the chair in her nightgown, fell asleep because of the sleeping pills. It mm. fell into her nightclothes. And then something called the Wick effect happened. The John Wick effect? <clears throat> Okay, sorry. The wick effect. What is it? What's the wick effect? Um, <clears throat> what is the wick effect? The wick effect um, is when, and it gets gross, get ready. Oh, well, I didn't, you made me ask about this. This is the most legitimate explanation for every spontaneous human <gasps> combustion case. Shut up. Okay, I'm ready. Oh, wait, can I guess it? Sure. Is it like a wick, like like your body fat mm -hmm. is the candle or something? Yeah. Ooh. So. As, and then Keanu Reeves is there, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. He actually created this. Oh, that's what I thought. So they uh, they think that her body fat provided the fuel <gasps> and fatty tissues were highly combustible, especially, fun fact, fatty tissue is heavily combustible, just in case you don't know. Sure. Fatty tissue is heavily combustible. Oh, I know. You heard my guess. Especially in heavier people. And Mary was a robust 170 pounds, which, by the Hold way, <laughs> then I'm the size of a mountain. I'm also very robust. <laughs> Wait, now I'm afraid I'm going to fall asleep and catch on fire. Fun fact. Also, she nope. was 170 pounds and in ash, she was 10. <gasps> also, fun fact. Women, if the wick effect is accurate, which is the most accurate thing we've discovered so far. Sure. Is... Uh, women burn faster and more intensely because women have higher fat content. Sure. Okay. Makes sense. So fun fact. I mean, it's not makes sense that if so, you're 170, you're a robust <clears throat> human, but robust. I mean, Jesus geez. Christ. Seriously. 1950, okay. maybe, I guess. So if people are like, okay, what the hell is the wick effect? Yeah. What the hell is the wick effect? I'm glad you asked. It's when an initial burn breaks your skin. Oh. And breaks it so deep that you get down to the fatty tissue. And when fatty tissue gets heated up, it begins to liquefy. <gasps> and so, okay, so you you're, you have a, a break in your skin and it burns all the way down to the fatty tissue. The fatty, the fatty tissue melts and is able to leak out and seep onto your clothing. Oh my God. So let's say like maybe she was like, slumped over or something and it like burnt into like her arm or burnt into like her stomach and it like and then the fatty it. tissue literally melts it like Ew. because of how she was lying it could have like dripped out of her body onto her robe or onto something. her robe and her clothes oh my god and kind of gross but the best way to describe it is a body is like an inside out candle right because on a candle the wick is on the inside and the fat is on the outside the wax is on the outside oh 
shit. So instead of the wax being on the outside and the wick being on the inside, a human is wearing clothes, which is essentially the wick on the outside <gasps> and their fat is on the inside. So if you have fat leaking out of you. Oh my God. And then seeping your clothes. That's horrifying. You're giving the the wick, your clothing, fuel because your very flammable fatty tissue is now covered in your clothing. Oh my God. So Mary's body had become a large candle and the melting fat coming out of her um, soaked into her clothing, which acted as a wick. And although this made a small flame, it burned at such a hot temperature because it was so condensed. Even though it was a small flame, it was a really condensed heat. It continued... The the uh, the flame continued to stay there as long as it took the melted fat to finish fueling the clothing. So when you mix the wick effect with an ability to stoke the flame that has been created, right? you have a long-lasting fire. So two of the things that they noticed um, when they found Mary's apartment is that she had, well, one thing, but she had two fans pointed at her. Oh. Because it was really hot. And so Shit. she had, or like it was hot before there was a fire on inside of her. Right. Like it was like she just had two fans going. But so <laughs> she was hot before she caught on fire. But so they think she lit a cigarette, fell asleep from the sleeping pills. It went into her clothing. Her sleeping pills worked hard enough that she ended up burning through her own skin. Oh my God. Fatty tissue poured out and went all over her flammable clothing. The cigarette kept igniting it. And basically the clothing around her caught on fire which is what the wick effect is. And then the two fans that were on were like doing the chimney effect <gasps> like of fueling like the... keeping the fire alive right. and fanning the fire. And um, basically if the body's oils drip onto an ignition source, it will continue to fuel flames and then eventually seep onto other combustible surroundings, which was her couch. <gasps> so that's why only the coils were there. Oh left. my. Um, in 2001, to prove the Wick effect exists, the Journal of Forensic Science actually tested the Wick effect by burning a pig carcass right. in clothing, and the pig fat melted into the cloth and formed a localized Wick, which burned basically for several hours until they turned it off because they had already proven their point. Like it, they had to manually take out the flame. What? But that part of the pig was just burning for hours and hours until that part of the pig actually became ash. What? And because it was such a localized part of the body, parts of the pig were were made were completely turned into ash, but other parts of the body were totally undamaged. Oh my god, interesting. And so um that makes sense why a lot of times there's an extremities that are hanging out because if only a part of you is burning and then the flame ends up going right. away there's undamaged parts of your right. body that weren't close enough to the localized flame to start yeah catching the fuel that's really mean that they did that to that pig though i'm not that was I'm, a pig carcass yeah well they had to kill the pig first i don't like it i hope it was donated to science i think he was an organ donor there's no fucking way it was on his id so Aww. Mary um, likely died almost instantly from inhaling the smoke, the oh. toxic smoke. So not just the sleeping pills, but like, the toxic that's... smoke inhalation. Wow. And then the wick effect um, caused overnight stoking until the flame died out in her body. <clears throat> and since heat rises, no damage was done to the lower parts of the room, but what? only the upper parts, which would explain why only the top parts of her house yeah. had like that weird oily grease oh my god and they think that that um like moist soot yeah is the mix of human skin oils 
and the actual like toxic flame coming together and it's like the reason it's wet is because it's like your human oils Ugh, gross also since heat rises and goes upwards instead of outwards that's why during a lot of cases of spontaneous human combustion extremities are found undamaged because in her case how she was sitting on the couch because her leg was stretched out yeah so that's why they found her leg because it was far enough away from the source that oh. the rest of her body burnt and then once the flame kind of went out on its own the leg was still too far away it's that like it never got touched hyper localized fire yeah so um so also since heat rises and goes upwards instead of outwards that's why there was a lot of heat damage to areas near where she was burned but like the newspaper next to her was totally fine that is crazy so that's supposedly how spontaneous human combustion happens it's not actually combusting and it's not actually very spontaneous most cases have something to do with ashes getting sprinkled on you by accident or someone's pipe or cigarette landing on you and you don't realize that a flame has started on your clothing and you don't realize it because you're somehow drugged or incapacitated I mean, it's and so it burns into you until the wick effect pours your own fatty tissue out onto your clothes. And then, it's too and late. then you burn alive. It's not actually you combusting from the inside; it's external sources burning you without you realizing what? it. That is ins- that is insane. Boom! Science. Boom. Hashtag Bill Nye was here. That was the most education I've had to teach myself in a twenty-four hour period. In Do a you long feel time. exhausted? Yeah, I feel like I did every day in college before a test. I was like, "Ooh, I got to teach myself this really quick." Wow. Anyway, wow. I feel like I learned a lot. Um, also, that's horrifying. Yes. And when I was little, I read about human combustion, spontaneous human combustion when I was probably 10 or 12. And for like weeks, I was convinced I was just going to fucking <laughs> blow up, catch on fire because I was like <clears throat> reading some book that was like, yep, you never know when it'll happen and then you'll die and you can't do anything about it. And so in my head, I was like, well, that's what's going to happen to well, me. Well, if this is right. None of it's actually internal. It's all like controlled areas that are not being controlled properly. Well, it seems so. like it's a lot of older people too. Yeah, I wonder why that is. Maybe because they're like maybe falling was, asleep while they're maybe smoking and stuff. I feel like yeah. that's a common. I mean, they're all the age that smoking was common and normal and healthy, and <laughs> and they're all tired and sleeping. You fall asleep and you're lazy. Boy. And they're all medicated. They're all older, so they're taking a lot of medication. <laughs> they're all medicated. Woohoo! You know. Anyway, so there's that. Not that I'm not lazy and medicated, but... I mean, we are all that. We're just not old yet. <laughs> Although we will be next week. Yay! All right. Stop telling people to give you birthday stuff. Christine, you're going to be 27. Stop telling everyone oh how old. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's not that old. You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind? Especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things. But Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. Whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? 
We have loved stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click the microphone at the top of the page and enter code drink daylight saving time is starting up again it may feel like there are more hours in the day but if you're hiring it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates any sooner there's only one way to do that zip recruiter right now you can try it for free at ziprecruiter.com drink ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100-plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why 4 out of 5 employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I have a story for you. Well, it's good that you do because, I mean, this is a show where you should have brought a story. I try to remember what this show is about, but sometimes I forget. Can you imagine if one day we were recording and you're like, oh, fuck, I forgot to do a story. I was like, okay, bye. And you're like, wait, hold on. I'd be like, I'll be downstairs. You let me know when you're done with the story. <laughs> How many hours do you think does it take you a week to do a whole story? Um, if you had to add up all the time you put into one story. Like a work day? That's fair. That's what this was. This was like seven hours. It depends. This one took me sh- like less time because it was... It depends. Like, if I do fucking Ted Bundy, then, yeah, it's going to take right, yeah, me yeah. many, many hours. But this, like, was a very condensed amount of information. What's interesting is from this one that I just did, it took me a long time. But it took me a long time to break down so many notes because there was so much information. Right. But there are other days where it takes me seven hours just to find information. Exactly. Because sometimes the story is so short. But so many people have asked for the story. It's like, oh, well, fuck, I got to do the story. But there's like not enough. So I'm like, it's fun to go digging, deep diving to try and find all of it. That was more like this one, which is the case of Wallace Souza. So I feel like I know the name Souza. I feel like Souza, wasn't that like a a baseball player? Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I mean, I'm not into sports and I don't know much about murder. But I feel like he was famous. Souza... I mean, it is a baseball player. I don't. Uh, nope. It's it's definitely like a current baseball player. So it's not what I was. I was thinking Sammy Sosa. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, let's pretend I knew about this. Cool. I don't know. So Wallace Souza is a Brazilian man. He uh, was the host of a TV show in Brazil called Canal Livre, which means I don't know. Carnal <laughs> life. It uh, it was a TV show in Brazil that premiered in 1989, and uh, Wallace Souza was a former police officer and politician, and he hosted the show. Okay. So basically, the show uh, was a variety show, and it had music, interviews, comedy, etc., but it was also a news program about crime. 
So like, so like what you would have done in Brazil podcast. Oh, I thought, you know, a variety show with music and comedy. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's us now. We're just like the, the epilogue to that, to that show. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like, I mean, and their slogan was, quote, investigative journalism aimed at fighting crime and social injustice. Wow. Okay. So it's the Christine story is what this whole thing is. <laughs> Got it. Christine moves to Brazil. Um, no. So basically this guy was a former politician and he, while he was hosting the show, it actually was so popular that it helped him get elected to political office three separate times. Oh, that's awesome. So it like was huge down there and he was like a big public figure and it like really aided his, um, campaigns. And so he was able to kind of leverage that for his own life. Um, and one of the things that, okay, this is so weird. So I researched the show itself, even though the story's about the host, but I was like, oh, let's see what I can find out about this show. It's real weird. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So apparently one of the things that made the show even more successful was Gil, a stage entertainer and Sifa seller. And Sifa is a, an Arabic pie-like dish. Who hmm. suffered constant bullying and was called gay slurs regularly. Oh, wow. Leading him to fight with a puppet named Gallerito. <laughs> hmm. A lot to unpack there. Good. <laughs> Why don't... Why don't... Why don't... Listen, I looked at like four sites to try and understand what the hell that meant. And that was what I could gather. <laughs> that was the best paraphrasing that, you could get. That was the best because a lot of it was like translated into English from Portuguese and it wasn't clear what it meant. And so this was like the most clear translation <laughs> I could procure. Um, Essentially, there was a puppet that called him like gay slurs all the time. And this guy would just dance around and then he'd get mad that he was being called gay slurs and would beat the shit out of this puppet. I mean, that sounds like a movie coming out soon called The Happy Time Murders. What's that? Um, it's starring Melissa McCarthy. Oh, my God. <clears throat> I worked on the movie. And yeah, yeah, we know. I read the script and it's fine. Melissa McCarthy is a police officer and her partner is a Muppet. <laughs> you still bragging about reading the script? <laughs> yeah, it was a good script. Well, so anyway, it's, that's kind of what it sounds hopefully like. Hopefully there's no gay slurs involved. I mean, there'll probably be something offensive somewhere. But also, it's Melissa McCarthy, so I think it'll be, like, family-loving offense. I don't know. I feel like this was pretty extreme. Okay, it's like... Just saying. It's like after hours, after filming. Like, I guess one of the episodes... <laughs> the puppet, like... So they always called him, like, really effeminate, and they called him, like, faggot and stuff. Mm -hmm. And in one of the episodes, I guess the puppet was like, I'm gonna buy you a panty lingerie set, and then... The guy, like, what? turned around and beat the shit out of this puppet. Oh, my God. What the hell? I'm telling you, I can't understand it and I can't explain it, okay? I mean, it's one of those things where, like, I'm grossed out but also need to watch a little bit of it. I tried to watch it, but it's all in Portuguese and I don't know what the fuck is going on. Okay, that's fair. I just was staring at it like, this is so strange. And then it was kind of awful because they had, like, like men dressed as women with a bunch of makeup and they were, like, I see. making fun of them. Like, it was just really fucking horrifying gotcha 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 and like and what year was this though um like 2000 oh so recent enough that we can't like no it is not okay i was gonna right. say like no. can we say oh it was 50 years ago and they didn't know better absolutely not so okay. it, it was it premiered in 89 but it went on for several decades so this was I just like it. kind of what they did 
Um, anyway, so that was just me trying to explain what the fuck was going on in the show. Great. Does that help? It, I'm sorry. No. So you're telling me that this boosted his political career? Yes. It sounds like really questionable on all fronts, but this guy would basically... Three years of a Muppet pronouncing gay slurs. No, many years. Many, oh, many years. many, many years no, of three, gay slurs. Three, uh... Camp- Decades? Three, three campaigns. campaigns. Yeah, so... It was, he was a host for 20 years, so... Politics are a funky game. <laughs> funky indeed. <laughs> this is called Funky Politics with Em and Christine. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> anyway, so that's me just trying to be like, this is the show he hosted, mm-hmm. to give you an idea. So aside from this, like, insensitive puppet, um, there was also a crime element, which was, like, the main part of the show. Mm-hmm. So, uh, basically what they would do is they would send camera crews out to crime scenes, specifically murder scenes, uh, to get graphic footage and info before the police got there. So it's very much like nightcrawlery, like, you know, he would like hear the police scanner and go find. It also sounds like, um, I honestly, it doesn't sound like anything I know. I'm just trying to figure out how to describe it. So it's a, a racist, homophobic Muppet that's still for some reason a vigilante. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, like that Melissa McCarthy movie that's coming out. Oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, that's the show. But it just, it, sound, it sounds like it doesn't make sense because you would think a horrible person like that would not be like, oh, justice for No, no, for no, all. the puppet is a separate thing. I'm telling oh. you, it's a variety show. A variety show. The puppet's show. not running for Congress. I don't know what. No, no, no. I no, thought this guy who hosted the show. I thought the, the puppet show. was co-hosting the searches across <laughs> murder cases. No, the puppet is like his own variety Okay, sketch. I get it. I hear it now. It was like a weird sketch that went viral. I thought, it, I didn't think of a variety show like multiple sketches. I thought a variety show like the same consistent <laughs> characters doing a variety of things. Well, like, the oh, host... he's racist and he solves crime. No, the host does everything. The Susan dude. Gotcha. Okay. Who's also like a politician. I think my story's better. I think my show would well, be Well, it really obviously fly. is. No one's questioning whether it's better. I'm just saying don't give him the credit of creating this Muppet crime. I gotcha. The Muppet is separate. The, the Muppet, Muppet separate. crime solving is not something he invented. It's something you just came up with. Uh, sorry, Melissa McCarthy. Uh, trademark that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so Wallace Souza, the host would broadcast exclusive coverage of the crimes. So this was like a very graphic, like it's, it reminds me of cops. Like they would follow the crime, follow the action and you right. would see like what was happening on the scene and he would kind of narrate it. Um, one example uh, that the crime show reported on involved a reporter walking through a forest to examine a burning corpse. Uh, and he told viewers, it smells like a barbecue. It is a man. It has the smell of burning meat. The impression is that it was in the early hours and it was an execution. And then he walked up to a burning fucking corpse before the police could even get there. So clearly they were like not fucking around with the drama. They're like, yeah, we have puppets, but also we're going to show you burning corpses. We have puppets and carcasses. (laughs) You're the one laughing, man. How the fuck is anyone going to beat that, though? I mean, you really, you can't say you don't have everything on the show. Talk about a spectrum. Homophobic Muppets, actual dead bodies. Homophobic Muppets, the variety show. It's wild. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, I'm telling you, this was how this guy kept getting reelected. 
I guess so, because they were like, let's see what else this guy can fucking do. <laughs> like, give him more money, man. We're really <laughs> like, entertained. Like, if that's the diversity he can find without being political, let's let him get political. I mean, I guess, right? Like, it's not like we're any different up here in the U.S. We're like, give him more money. We're yeah, just... oh, The Apprentice? How about the country? Yeah. Kardashian, just sit back and watch it burn. Okay, but Chris Jenner would do wonders with this fucking country. Watch it fucking burn. <laughs> okay, moving on. So the show also aired police raids and arrests with presenters often following police chases in helicopters. Um, so again, like sort of like cops, they would just follow. They right. had their own helicopters and they would follow the police around. Um, in 2009, after 20 years on air. So this is two decades later of this guy hosting the show that he created. Uh, police started to get suspicious. They started wondering how Wallace Souza's crews knew where to go before the police did. So they began to look into him and his show. Uh, what they found out is that Sousa was orchestrating murders in order to boost his ratings. Shut up. That's amazing. I mean, it's horrible, but it's evil genius. In October 2009, he was accused of hiring hitmen to kill five people to increase the ratings of Canal Livre. Amazing. Several of his former employees had tipped off police. And when police searched his house, they found weapons, ammunition, and cash. And he was subsequently charged with murder, drug trafficking, intimidation of witnesses, illegal carrying of arms, and formation of a criminal gang. Okay, but also those are some brave fucking employees that tipped off the cops because you know you're risking being bad, the next target. Bad news bears. Anyway, there's that. He had like a whole fucking gang. So, I mean, yeah, bad news. Was it of Muppets? A gang of Muppets. Nothing scarier. I was going to say, honestly, that's probably more frightening. Yeah. Can you imagine <laughs> if you wake up and there's like a Muppet that isn't yours at the foot of the bed? A Muppet that's not yours. A it's Muppet. not It's not your Muppet. And also talks and murders. What do you mean it's a Muppet that's not yours? Like, you know how sometimes you might like wake up and something kind of creepy. And a like, Muppet that is yours is at the foot of the bed? Maybe you put it there. But if you don't own it, <laughs> you're like, why the fuck is All it right. there? How? Okay. I'm tired. Whatever. Yes. Mysterious Muppets. So, essentially, uh, Sousa could not be arrested because he was a state congressman. Remember, he had been elected. So he had political immunity. So even though he was suspected of murdering many people, he uh, had parliamentary immunity. And they were like, well, nothing we can do. Too bad. But once they started investigating him, um, the charges were so serious that the state decided to do something rare, which was to break the immunity and kick him out of the state assembly so they could arrest him. Wow. Yeah, so they arrested him. Uh, they put out an arrest. They alleged that the crime show didn't have enough material. Uh, so Sousa and his son would order a hitman to execute someone and then alert their camera crew as to where the execution had taken place so that they could get there before the police did. I feel like only two episodes in, the camera crew should be like, how do they know? No, the camera crew knew. They were, oh, they were all in on it. On this like gang, yeah. Which is why oh, former wow. employees had tipped off police because they had been like, I see you. Ex like kicked out of the group or whatever. I thought the camera guys were just like poor PAs being like, oh my God. No, definitely not. Um, and basically it turns out what he was doing is he was executing um, competing drug traffickers. So he was getting rid of rivals and also boosting his ratings by getting fucking um, murder on his show. Well, also, I mean, two birds, one stone, if you're that sick. It really you know? was. It was like he was setting people on fire for a show, but also they happened to be his comp like competitors. Right, yeah. So um, after so after Sousa's arrest warrant was issued, he disappeared. 
Um, a team of 60 investigators began a manhunt for him. And meanwhile, Sousa's son, Raphael, was put in jail on charges of homicide, drug trafficking, and illegal gun possession. Three days later, on October 9, 2009, Sousa finally gave himself up to police, but he still proclaimed his innocence. Um, he said the allegations were absurd and insisted that he and his son were being set up by political enemies and drug dealers who couldn't handle his years of relentless crime coverage on TV. Ego. Yep. He claimed that he was the one who was fighting against organized crime, corruption, drug trafficking, and pedophilia. I am Batman. I am Muppet. I am Muppet gangster Batman. I am homophobic Muppet man. <laughs> I mean, is he not? <laughs> Is he or is he not the embodiment of homophobic Muppet, Muppet Man? <laughs> uh, but also a vigilante at the same time by sure. killing intentionally. Fighting off pedophilia. I'm fighting it off by committing murders that you don't know about that I can report with my homophobic Muppet. Yes. Also, I am... Batman. And a congressman. Oh, yeah. And it's political. And there's that, too. However, his own bodyguard testified against him, so that that's not a good look. Yikes. <laughs> But his bodyguard had also been um, accused of, like, nine murders in the past. So they were like, well, is he reliable? Who knows? And I'm like, who are all these fucking murderers? <laughs> I like how everyone in this town is like, mm, probably not reliable, no, but, but one's, he's only, one's bound to be right. He didn't hit double digits with the fucking murders, so mm, who knows? Nearly. Um, so when Sousa went to, was sent to jail, his brother, who happened to be the vice mayor, because they were running this town... Um, asked for Sousa to be placed in solitary confinement because he was worried that um, the other inmates in the jail would have been people that had been jailed because of their show. Oh, shit. <laughs> so he was like, please don't put him in a jail cell with a, like other inmates because they'll fucking kill him because he yeah, put him yeah, there. Yeah. So they, of course, gave him his own, you know, solitary. You know what would be the series finale, though, is if they filmed him getting beaten up by all of the inmates he put in jail. That's what I'm saying. That's why they took him out. I they, know, but that'd be like the ultimate oh. thing to film as oh, yeah. like the series finale. But since life is not fair, they were like, okay, this guy's money, so we'll get him his own jail cell. So, unfortunately, we did not get that happy ending. Um, yes. So, he got his own jail cell. He did not get attacked by his, the people he put there first. Um, Vanessa Lee, who was the former producer of the program, was arrested two months later in December of 2009 and put in jail for being complicit um and then in july of 2010 so wallace Souza had chronic liver disease in july of 2010 he was uh 51 years old and he suffered a heart attack and died while awaiting trial mm. so he passed away uh pretty quickly after being jailed and the mystery continues and unfortunately he will never see justice and we will never find out the true details of what happened I know you don't want me to talk about the Muppets anymore, but I got two things to I say. I don't, Em. I got two things to say. I feel like you're taking away from the fact that he murdered a bunch of people. I mean, I'm not saying... I hear you. But here's my thought. One, how was that hard for you to find information on? Because with a story like that, like a, like a TV show like that, and like, like that seems like something that you would easily be able to find on like a page about like things that are like really fucked up or like things that we should probably know about, nope, but we don't. Only one person has ever suggested this to me. It's a very small, it was that's very so small. It was big in Brazil in like the part of the Amazon that that's crazy. It just sounds like something that we would all know about as like some weird fucked up story from the past. Nope. But I feel like a lot of times those like, it sounds so crazy, but like, this guy was a huge kingpin in the area and was in politics and in entertainment and 
happened to be drug trafficking. And I feel like that's not that absurd that like somebody so high profile was involved in drug trafficking and was able to get yeah. away with shit. I wonder if people outside of his gang like kind of knew that some shady shit was happening. Like, like, like people who were fans of like the show or like who knew about like him, like going and finding crimes. Like there had to be someone watching that show at mm-hmm. their TV being like, something shady's up. Like, how is he seeing this? Bef- like, how is he getting tipped I off? I guess, but it was like the only show like that. I mean, you know, you watch... It just TV- sounds like too good of a show. I would have probably watched the hell out of that show. Exactly. And you're not, you know... I mean, and also, like, he only did it near the end five times, like, for five episodes or whatever. Like, it was just the end right. when he was, like, running out of ideas. Did you ever watch Cops? Were you, like, a fan of Yeah, I love Cops. Up? I there was a cops episode that was in my dad's town (laughs) and my dad's town is super small and so I didn't see like the name at first like I'll tell you like the city Mm -hmm. that it's happening in and I saw the episode after they showed where the location was and I was like that looks really familiar no I was like oh no (laughs) this shit is happening right next to me uh there was a show really briefly called police women of Cincinnati (laughs) Really? And I watched the first. My friend was like, Christine, please turn on the show. I turn it on. They're like driving past my house, like my child no house. Way. And I was like, oh, no. Like on my fucking street, which I mean, I've told you we got like six break-ins and stuff. But they're just like casually. The proof in the pudding right Walking there. past. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is mortifying. Did they say anything like, this is a shitty part of town. And like they're walking past your I mean, childhood window. Definitely implied because they were like hey, it's the pilot episode and we're solving crimes. It's got to be good. (laughs) On this fucking street. Well, in lieu of male or female or in between Juniper, should we do a Junoscope? Oh, sure. As in our horoscope? Oh, yeah. I thought you meant a Junoscope. Okay. Uh, Oh, well, we should do both. So now what? I I don't want to do... I'm feeling narcissistic. Listen, I don't want to do a horoscope for every fucking star sign. There's Pisces. Just us. We're what's important. Okay. This is our fucking month. It is. Ready to raise some eyebrows, Gemini? (laughs) Well, when aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) Your curious, playful nature makes it perpetually easy for you to try something new, no matter what it is or who you were before you might have refused. The good news is that you're operating with a nice, solid safety net. And being allowed to dream at the same time is great fun. What's the problem? Get busy making those dreams reality. What have you always wanted to do? So make a vision board is what that whole thing meant. It's like, this is your vision board. What the fuck do you want to do? This is your empty canvas of a vision board. Draw upon it. Oh my God. What should we put on it? I don't know, but I think we should do a birthday vision board together. Fuck yeah. Okay. Let's do it at our sleepover. Yes. Okay, good. Hold on. Hold on. I'm sorry. I just clicked monthly horoscope and I just read the last paragraph. This is what it says. One last notable Mercury transit is when it enters your sign on the 29th. So it's what? The 24th. So this comes out on the 27th. So, okay. In two days, it will allow you to end the month on a high note. You really love puns and wordplay and you're an excellent flirt. Well, they're right about all of that. <laughs> well, that's the most accurate description of myself. <laughs> I ever did see it's easy for you to talk people into doing favors for you (laughs) fair we're like give us gifts now (laughs) (laughs) oh man you guys gemini's hello hello fresh anyway that's all how are you feeling 
kind of gross. Me too. This was an icky. I felt like this was an icky episode. Yeah. Like homophobia and like fucking catching on fire from your cigarettes in your bathrobe and like fucking like body grease on the walls. Like it's very icky. We unpacked a lot. I feel like we partially unpacked a lot and then we just kind of were like, okay, step back and leave it. <laughs> like, we don't, you guys unpack the yeah, rest. Yeah, you figured out we don't have time for this shit. <laughs> and then we told you we're great at flirting and that was kind of the, <laughs> the end. That was actually the moral of all of the stories. Did you not pick up on that? We're like, enough about them. <laughs> enough, enough about fires and grease and homophobia. Oh we're God. flirts. Wink. Give us presents. Thank you. <laughs> Give us gifts and we'll flirt with you. Oh. oh. You guys better come to our birthday show that we're going to have so much fun. We we'll, yeah, 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 yeah. Birthday week is coming up fast. I don't even know when you and I plan on doing anything <laughs> for our birthday. I don't either. I don't either, but it's going to happen. We're going to force force it. Yes. <laughs> Tell them the spiel. You can find us at facebook twitter instagram at atwwd podcast you can also find our website and that's where we drink.com you can also find our shop at and that's where we drink.bigcartel.com you can also find our email at and that's why we drink at gmail.com where you can send in your personal true crime and paranormal stories because we put out a listeners episode at the first of every month yeah we do um you can also please buy tickets to our irvine show because it is the last show we have on the west coast currently Mm -hmm. until further notice and uh just please come see us because it's also our birthdays i did not plan on being blacked on on propranolol on my birthday but that's how i'm gonna ring in 26 hey 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 and that's why we drink cheers in a fast-paced world every day brings new challenges and new opportunities at strayer university we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.